0: Well, good morning, so, little intro, see if, see if 25 minutes from now this intro makes a connection with the lesson. But, uh, curious enough, we just sang a song, I I don't know the title of it, but, uh, song before the last one, where we repeatedly sang, Um, it's by Grace, by Grace, by Grace, and that, probably just that one word is the overlying theme, um, and that's also why I'm, some of you guys have already commented on this coat, because you know I no, the way I normally dress, and say that's not something you would wear. So years ago when, uh, let me say Shane, my 25-year-old, was probably in second grade, and Nolan, the older one, was probably in fourth grade at the time, they made friends with uh, a kid that was in Nolan's class over at Calvary Christian School, and um, through that we made a friendship with their parents, and in no small way was their financial and social standing considerably greater than ours. <laughs> um, his, his grandfather the, the guy's my age, the, the dad uh, his grandfather was one of the oil tycoons of the 20s, and, and so the inherit anyway, just money like I can't imagine. Great people, very, very kind to us. Um, and kind of, again, through the friendship that our children had. And they started. Uh, they would take us on trips. We would go to Mammoth, and they would, it would be like a, I don't know, five-star all out to their nice cabin up in Mammoth, and out to dinner and to the Jonathan, Club, all these places. And and one day we're up in Mammoth, and the husband and wife take Karen and I into this uh, into the, a store that I would typically never go into. Just there's nothing of interest for me in that store, and he starts looking at all these nice boots and. Coach, okay, and uh, anyway, he's picking out these coats. And he holds this one up to me. He goes, man, this would look nice on you. And I'm looking at this thing going, like, this is like, if I had that kind of money, I would not spend it on a coat. I would go buy, you know, if I had some play money like that, I'd be buying like one of my boats or something, you know, the things I play on in the ocean. And he holds it up and I have no idea. He's just, goes, oh, yeah, this would look really good on you. Put it on. So I put it on. I'm like, yeah, like, whatever. Like, I'm not buying this thing. And uh, well, it turns out he's buying that thing, and I think Karen, the wife bought you some boots or something, right? And uh, anyway, that evening I had a little talk with him. and I just said, you know, you guys, like, I mean, in some sense, you, there's there's a in relationships there's a, a give and a take, like you know, maybe somebody's really kind for you, so hey, let me take let me let me take you. Well, for us to take them out to dinner was like maybe you know we could take them to Carl's Jr. or something, <laughs> and. <laughs> And, he, and, and this was a, a really good, even though this is like maybe a too simple of a, it still sticks in my mind because this is you know, almost 20 years ago, is he goes, you know what? Just thank you is good enough. And, and literally, I was at a place, because you know, we are talking about things, where that, that's all I could do to repay, was to say thank you. And, and that was an important lesson for me in grace the, of just getting, getting what we don't deserve and not being able to, do anything about it. And um, so when I was piecing this together, I, I the term great. I went, oh, I got to go grab that coat. I don't wear it very often. And I'm going to take it off now. Um, but uh, that's the story of this coat, is it's, a, it's an object lesson in grace. So actually, I'm pretty comfortable. I think I will keep it on, because it looks good. All right, all right. Anybody got film or camera? No? All right, we can send it to Brian Kelly. Um, all right let me pray then we'll get to the, uh, to the to the core of the lesson though So God I just thank you uh, for your goodness, your grace and your mercy to us um, and I thank you that it's New Year's but I also thank you that we don't need a change in calendar dates or years Lord to come back to you for a fresh start Lord that each day your mercies are new and um, Lord I pray that that would be just an encouragement through today's lesson and for any of us who have not heard this lesson before Lord I pray that it would be uh, the, the true good news, Lord, the good news of the gospel, and your love for us and what you've done for us. Um, and for those of us that know it all too well, I just pray it will be a good reminder. Um, may your Holy Spirit lead this time and speak through my words. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So a week and a half ago, we were, uh, it was before the actually the week before Christmas, so a couple weeks ago, we were down in Pensacola visiting Nolan, and um, they were kind of having their Sunday, yeah, it was there Sunday before Christmas uh, service, um, so similar as with the Christmas theme, and me knowing that uh, I would be teaching on New Year's Day, it's kind of in my mind, you know, what, what, what that's going to be about—is it a New Year's uh, um, lesson, or you know, is God showing me something else? And something in that service on that uh, real neat little church, actually, uh, very similar to this, other than that, you know, it's a wooden structure, but size-wise and just kind of general overall feel. But um, anyway, something that the, it was actually in one of the Christmas carols that we had sung that morning was the idea of Jesus being this perfect, blemished, unblemished lamb. And so, you know, I'm not great at sitting and listening in a service. I, 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 somebody like Brian or somebody will say something, and I will tend to sometimes go off my own little Bible study all of a sudden. And this guy, this, this song sent me off in a little direction, and I got really intrigued with what, was, what the requirement was for the sacrifice or a sacrifice and it took me to Leviticus 16 17 kind of the you know the the middle chapters of Leviticus and I started flipping through the pages and I became fascinated with the law and uh, so I started kind of just going man there's a law for this a law for that and I looked it up there are 613 laws so a lot of times when we mention the law I guess most of us is Protestants and not a whole lot of, I don't know, but if you have any, any Hebrew background, um, uh, probably just think of the Ten Commandments as the law. 613 laws, and I started picking through those, and uh, not only are there 613 laws, there's a sacrifice required for the breaking of each one of those things. It's a non-stop. and I actually, this is funny because our printer at home wasn't working, so I go over to Kelly's house. <laughs> And I asked them first. Well, I had no idea I was going to use this much paper. Uh, but I wanted to print off the, the, the law. Okay, They're short little, little just statements of them. And the printer just kept going. And then it stopped. And I go, OK, I'm done. And I looked and the little red thing was beeping. And I was like, no, I got to add more paper. <laughs> and it just kept going and kept going. And 613 of these laws, and some of them, and I'm going to read each one now. Um, no, there's 200, sorry, it's not meant to be a stand-up. Uh, there's 248 positive commandments, do's, there's 248 of the 613 are dues, and 365 of them are do-nots, and, um, you know, and some of them are just so, it's like, well, of course, that's my heart is, uh, the fourth one, and it's just, in this list is to love him, five is to fear him, six, to sanctify his name. Um, but then it goes on to even say things not to embarrass others. Well, if I do that, I need to go take care of business and present a sacrifice and so on. And then a few hours later, when I gossip it, it says not to gossip about others. Got to go back and do it again. Not to take revenge. Okay, got to go do it. You know, maybe all, all in several hours I'm doing all these things. Not to bear a grudge. Not, not to follow the whims of your heart or what your eyes see. And anyway, just on and on. To not make human forms even for decorative, de- decorative purposes. It goes on and on and on. There's just all these laws. And like I said, the thing that was really kind of intriguing by this is not so much each law, but the requirement of sacrifice for the breaking of each one of these things. And, um, and then on top of that, Jesus in Matthew five, which I don't think we have up here, so I'm just—I'm not going to read all of these. But in his uh, sermon on the mount, he starts off by he's talking to the people, and he says, <clears throat> unless and he's talking to the crowd, he says, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. Now the Pharisees are these guys who committed a lifestyle of following this just like to the T. And he's telling people who are already kind of recognizing, that's why they're attracted to Jesus, is this, this, this sense of grace that he, that, he, that he has about him. And he says, if you're not as righteous as the Pharisees who follow this, so much better than most of us do, you'll never en- enter the kingdom of heaven. So it just ups it even a whole other notch. And then he goes on to say things like this. So I've never committed murder, but I tell you that anyone who's angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. So now he starts speaking to the heart. Talks about murder, angry with my brother, adultery, look on a woman with lustfully, you've committed adultery. Um, uh, don't break your oath, but, but I tell you, don't swear from heaven or earth at all. An eye for an eye. He, he, so he, what he does is he takes not just the 613 black and white laws, but then also the heart behind all those things. And we are guilty. We are just guilty. And I wrote, this is the way I wrote, I just, we can't win. You can't win. Okay? The, the Pharisees who could live this actively, maybe in, their, in the outside motions, but in their heart, can't win. You can't win. We are sinners, and there's nothing we can do about it. So what's the purpose of the law then? And I think we do have this one up, Romans 3.20. Oh, fast oh, with that Matthew. So Romans 3.20 says this, for the works of the law, no human being will be justified in his, meaning God's sight. We just, we can't win, you guys, no matter what. Since through the law comes the knowledge of sin. So what's the purpose of the law? Purpose of the law is not for us to necessarily have this, outwardly beautiful lifestyle, it's to make us recognize the fact that we are sinners. So there's step one, okay, is, is we just recognize, it's like, yeah, I, w- whether it's an act or in heart, mind, thought, I am a sinner. What do I do about it? Well, breaking one of these laws, the 613, requires sacrifice. So in the book of Hebrews, so we've got this problem, and the problem is, now that we're conscious of our sin, is how do we pay for that? So in the book of Hebrews, it says this. Uh, This is Hebrews uh, 9.22, I believe. It says, Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. So I'm a sinner. I've got a price to pay. The price is blood. Is that good linear thinking there? Okay. So... I've got a bigger problem. Who's, who's blood? Okay. Well, go to Hebrews 10, 3 and 4, and it says this. But in these sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year. For it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Okay. So I've sinned. I recognize that. I need to sacrifice. Bloods and goats aren't going to do it, though. So these, these, these daily and annual and seasonal um, sacrifices at the temple that the, that the Jewish people were doing, that um, just doesn't cover it. Okay? The bulls and the goats, their blood doesn't cover it. So it leads us to one conclusion in Hebrews. And it says that, and by that will, and if you, read the pre, if, if you were to read the previous verse. By the way, Hebrews, like the book kind of indicates, it's the writer writing to Jewish people stating his case, kind of like what I'm doing right now, stating his case to the Jewish people of how their they have broken the law and their sacrifices are insufficient and that Jesus is the perfect sacrifice. So if you read that whole thing, but where it says by that will, he's speaking of God's will. So by, and by that will of God, we have been made sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. So the sacrifice has been made complete through Jesus Christ. So we're singing Christmas songs and Christmas carols and we're thinking of the baby Jesus and that's the perfect sacrifice that comes in that we celebrated last week to pay for that price, pay for our sins because our blood our blood's dirty. We're sinners. Bloods and goats don't cover it. They're just animals. The only way that we're going to get our sins covered is by the blood of Jesus, and that happens once and for all. Um, and, you know, it's, it's uh, early on in the uh, book of John, when um, John the Baptist first sets eyes on Jesus. He uses this, uh, says, the next day he saw Jesus, this is John the Baptist, uh, the next day he sees Jesus coming towards him, and he says, behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. So when we look at the life of Jesus, the birth of Jesus, the, his death, it's all about the fact that he is that perfect lamb. He is that perfect sacrifice. And all we need to do is receive it. And there's not a whole lot we can, else we can do about it. Um, you know, and, and so, you know, it's, my motorcycles go by, They're at least distracting me. Um, as, we, as, we, as we're entering into a new year, And like I said when I was praying, uh, we don't need a new year. We don't need a 2017 or January 1st to acknowledge this and lay hold of that. Is all we need to do is, on a day-to-day basis, hour-to-hour basis, is recognize our need for Jesus as we are fallen, broken people. Um, And Jesus is all all about this fresh start. Um, Without reading the entire stories, but we have a story of Jesus. the, 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 the Pharisees, the leaders of the synagogue, bringing an adulterous woman to Jesus, and what does he do? He gives her a fresh start. A fresh start in life. Um, Matthew, the tax collector, which I, I feel like Brian Kelly just read um, something about his story in a lesson recently, um, who, uh, you know, the tax collectors were, were, were cheaters. They were, they were the, the, sort of the backstabbers of the, of the Jewish people because they would work for the Romans and then steal from their own people. Is Jesus gives them a fresh start. Start over. And uh, even the man on the cross, in the last moments of his life, the last breaths, he gives him a fresh start. He says, today you're going to be with me in paradise. And so Jesus is all about these fresh new starts. Okay? And every healing, when you think of the people he healed, a lame man okay, at the, at the um, Pool of Beth- 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 Bethesda um, is that, that's a whole new fresh start for him he doesn't have to be a beggar anymore a, blonde, a lame beggar um, blind man, leprosies lepers, lepers were outcasts from society to heal a leper brings them back in they have a fresh start, they can start life again and so Jesus is offering us God is offering us through Jesus Christ that fresh start right here, right now on a daily basis and if it's been something that you already know okay, which I believe most of us do is just lay hold of that again. You know, it's a good New Year's thing. It's like, oh yeah, Jesus' grace has me covered. And all I can do is say thank you. And then allow him and his word to make the changes in my life that make me conform to be more like him. So, um, you know, these two words that we use, uh, grace and mercy. um, And grace we just mentioned, but uh, the idea of mercy, the mercy of God, that is poured out on us because of Jesus pouring out his blood on the cross is we don't get what we deserve. Mercy is we don't get what we deserve because we deserve punishment and death because of our sin. But instead, God gives us that grace. We get what we don't deserve. Okay, we actually, so if you listen carefully, we get, we, we receive something that we don't deserve at all. And that's his grace. And what we get besides that forgiveness, and one of our songs spoke of this this morning, is we get to call, we are, we are sons, sons and daughters of God. And that gives us access to his throne, which gives us the access and the grace to become the kind of people that he made us to be in the first place. And so that's my New Year's message. Um, can't repay it. We're not expected to. Okay? We just receive it and let his word and the Holy Spirit make changes in our lives on a day-to-day basis. So happy new year. Um, You know, and I and I just pray and hope for each one of us. And we all know where we are individually in our walk with the Lord, but if nothing else, use this day as that just being a reminder of what Jesus did for us on the cross and what he's he's calling us to. And that could be, you know, 80 different things. There's 80 or so people here. Is Jesus is calling me? To be more like this, to be more like that, to, to maybe deal with, with some personal issues with you know, a family member or a friend or just within the church, whatever. Whatever it is. It is, is the specifics or person to person? But for all of us, that, that blood covers us all. And we're God's children now. So let me pray for us. All right. So God, I thank you for your grace. Lord, I thank you that you came into this world as a baby in the humblest of beginnings and died in an embarrassing, humbling way on a cross in front of a bunch of people. But Lord, I thank you that you rose again and that you are alive and we can speak to you right here, right now and just say thank you and we want to receive your forgiveness, your grace and your mercy, because you provided the sacrifice for our sins. God, help us to lay hold of that dearly, and not forget that. God, that that sin would no longer have a foothold in our lives, because we've been freed from it. That the, 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 the chains that we sang about this morning, the chains would be broken, and we can walk as men and women of God, just free. Lord, we pray for this church. I pray that as a whole that we would um, be a a good, clear representation of who you are and your love for us. Continue to bless this land, we pray. We thank you for it. Thank you for letting us meet here. And may 2017 just be a a healthy year for um, each family and each person represented here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.